You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that, according to the text, the heavenly waters and the earthly waters are one element that had to be separated into two functional entities. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Another text in Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Now the issue is upped one step further. Your iniquities are mabdilim, separating between you and God, and your sins have hid his face from you so that he does not hear. Remember once more the separation between light and darkness. And then you have parallel texts that speak about doing the will of God, his Sabbath, and then you have the separation, distinction in Isaiah 2.26. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things, They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean, for they have disregarded my Sabbaths. Another text, again, it's a separation between the holy and the common in Ezekiel. In view of the above, it is to say the least strange that in their dealing with the formation or rather appearance of the earth as dry land, Hayyabasha in Genesis 1.9, Arabic is Aliyabisat, the dry one and the feminine because earth is feminine. Notice how the adjective is nominalized through the definite article, the dry one, feminine one. I can give you an example in English where we have something similar when we nominalize the adjective evil and we say the evil. So the feminine, the dry feminine one in Hebrew is to be explained on the basis of the fact that the word earth is feminine. We have the same thing about the right Very often, the Hebrew, the right, has to be translated as right hand in English. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Another example, just to show you, I mean, all this is a comment on Hayyabasha, the feminine dry, is the famous Greek Tuponiru in the Lord's Prayer, where there is always a debate as to whether it is referring to evil as evil deed or evil as the evil one 
Notice here in the Diocese of the South and the OCA, under the prodding of the previous bishop, Dimitri, everybody has to say the evil one in the Lord's Prayer. And we have it also in Arabic, Ash-Shirir. This is all to... It's not necessary for the understanding of the text, but I give importance to everything. It's necessary to understand why the English adds the dry land after it, whereas the Hebrew has the dry feminine one. Okay, and this is in reference to the earth as dry. Let me go back to this root of dryness. Given that dry slash arid is the total opposite of wet, watered, one would have expected that the authors would use the same verb hibdil, that is ubiquitous in Genesis 1, in conjunction with the sea seas on the one hand and the earth land on the other hand. However, such is not the case, and thus the omission must be intentional and so consequently functional in the author's purview which is to link these four days at the beginning together to reflect the reality of the Syrian desert where heavens and earth are at one. Now let's go into more detail about the description of the third day where we have the appearance of the dry land, which is going to be called earth by God himself. Let me read the text. And God said that the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and that let the dry land appear. In Hebrew is be seen, which is the passive of to see. So that is important for the connection with God's seeing. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw it was good. And then comes this further step. Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind upon the earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their God guys and trees. Here this doubling, and I'm looking forward, of God giving the command to the earth, then the earth, the description of the earth doing, enacting God's command, will be repeated in day four, where a command will be given to the luminaries and then they enact God's commands. So, what I'm inviting you to realize is to have always the entirety of the text in your mind. Notice the differentiation, which is not using Hibdil, but also the parallelism. Notice how earlier I stressed the link between the earth and the heavens 
in that in both cases we are dealing with waters the division of the waters above and the waters beyond okay all this friends has to be taken as much as oneness and uh, unfortunately for most of us nowadays this is not reality except in the reality of wildernesses similar to the Syrian Arabian wilderness that's all i'm saying you can say but in the death valley of nevada and california well it's not the same thing it's called the death valley <laughs> the wilderness for a bedouin is never dead but you have rules and the author is projecting all this but by the same token he is projecting in a special way this Uh, literal for me literal not philosophical or experiential oneness between the two it's not because the bedouin experiences that it is because it is there and he lives it now if the same bedouin moves to the city after 10 years he's not going to be experiencing this he has to go to the faucet and so on and it doesn't work in the same way but unfortunately for all of us we have to submit because the elohim is the elohim of these heavens and earth and he deals within their parameters and we have to submit to that and for us that's why we need philosophy and theology to help us out of this boring repetition of all statements in the service of baptism about you have to go all the way about the dry land and from the waters and push them aside and so on. yeah yeah up to visit out but technically we are not supposed to do that because if we do that then we have to theologize the prophets where suddenly god bara the darkness you have to deal with it as such to put simply the heavenly waters and the earthly waters are one element that had to be separated into two functional entities according to the text now people say well we know that you know it's water that was up in clouds and it's stored in heaven well the authors knew that but this is not their phraseology which is picked up in the story of the flood and according to me it's very important there because in the mind of the people the heavens are connected with god and he is the one who's going to pour his rain upon them which is really very nasty because rain technically is a positive thing that gives life to earth and dahud according to me has proven that very often in the psalms the word tob the good is an indirect reference to the rain that friends is very important 
And the Orthodox are smarter than the others. They notice that. And they always pray for gentle showers. Ah, that's smart. In other words, they read their Bible. You cannot play games with Elohim. And pour your rain, don't you ever tell it. Because if you are in the Middle East, and that is not an aside. You know that at one point, especially in the mountains, and you could see it in Lebanon, you have to make terraces. Because the land is at an angle. You cannot plant anything there. Because the water keeps running. So what you do is you make terraces. I'm not saying that, but in Lebanon is very striking. Because in surrounding countries, you know, they have places in Lebanon. Like in Lebanon, in the Bekaa, you don't need to make terraces. But immediately next to the Bekaa, where you have the mountains, you could see that people make terraces. The idea is that you have to have a flat area to contain the water and not let it run. Otherwise, you can keep pouring water as much as you want. It is not functional as giving life. Now, since in Genesis we don't hear about terraces, this is when I can see my hearer smiling at me. God said, terraces, not terraces, don't worry about it. I'm going to flood the gates of heaven and the waters of the underworld to bring up the water so high as to cover Mount Ararat. Now I know those who endorse extraterrestrials that somehow it happened. <laughs> I like to watch that uh, program, by the way. But I'm not interested. It doesn't help my case in scripture. Okay? So please, I beg of you as much as possible, just keep listening to me. And thanks to Richard and Father Mark, if you don't listen to me, some of your children will. It's already on the podcast. It's too late for you to fight me as you used to do in the classroom. Because you were, as the prophets say, stupid to close your ears in my class. <laughs> because it will hit other ears. If not my words, at least scripture. Very important, really, to set us up on this. And my examples are to make you hearers really feel fully the impact of what the author is saying. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.